In every day, there is 1,440 minutes. That means there is 1,440 daily opportunities to make a positive impact. Hey everyone, how's it going? Welcome or welcome back to your favorite weekly podcast, Refreshing the Idiotic. It's your girl, Hannah, as your host today. Today it's June, so happy Pride Month to all that celebrate. Although this episode does come out near the end of June, I believe the 20th, so I guess it's kind of over and it's kind of delayed, but that's alright, I wasn't thinking ahead before. Anyways, today's episode is all about body dysmorphia, so let's roll the intro music and get into it. The question for this week's episode is, after living the life you have lived, no matter what it's been, what's one piece of advice you want to give your younger self? So, mine is honestly so oversaid and cliche, but I honestly couldn't think of a better one. But I would say, look at the things you've already been through and tell me that you can't keep pushing and then get through this one more thing. Because, like, honestly, I'll look through my old diaries when I'm not feeling the best, and I'll be like, how the hell did I get through that? Like, there's some things that I used to write about, and I'd be like, how? Like, I'm genuinely just like shocked with myself because I remember at the time I would be thinking I'm so done with this I can't get through it but then in my diary I would seem so much stronger and that was just like my mentality and I think that's so cool because now when I'm going through something I'll be like how am I gonna get through this I'm just so done I don't want to do this anymore and then I'll be like wait but back then I got through that and I was fine and I survived that and just remember that the battle scars will only make you stronger I think that's one thing that I always like to keep in mind again maybe another motto so throwback to like two episodes ago anyways I know that mine was super cliche I know a couple of you are probably also gonna say the same thing but it's just like it resonates with me before I keep repeating like the last three sentences over and over again I think it's time to get into the episode so for today's episode I'll be talking about the definition the difference between eating disorders and body dysmorphia the risks causes symptoms how it's diagnosed how you can treat it externally or even at home or even things to keep in mind so like every other episode let's get started with the definition so this one is a disorder where you're not purposely doing it but you can't help focus on your flaws in your appearance even if they're super minor because you think that everybody is focusing on them and judging you for them so this one kind of ties into another psychological thing called the spotlight effect where you're so worried about people being focused on you you don't realize that nobody actually cares which honestly sounds not the best right now but like when you think about it if you're thinking about how out of place your hair is what do you think the next person beside you is thinking about probably how out of place their hair looks like so you don't really have to worry about it because the spotlight isn't just on you it's on everybody towards themselves i'm not sure if that made any sense but if you google it i think you'll you'll understand what i'm talking about so the difference between an eating disorder and body dysmorphia you might be thinking hannah you've already done eating disorders why are we talking about body dysmorphia again like eating disorders are when you're like obsessing over your body right so what it's basically the same thing well no it's not so in an eating disorder you're worried about your weight your body image and like in its entirety whereas for body dysmorphia you're really just focused on one thing examples like acne body hair shape of your nose which has been like a serious thing around me lately but like yeah things like that so it's just like one little specific thing that you like really really hate about yourself or you're worried that everybody else is judging 
preparing you for and it honestly comes down as like almost a type of anxiety but not necessarily and if i had to come down to it it would probably be something like ocd where you're like hyper focused on that one thing now let's talk about risks and causes i think these ones are definitely like very self-evident but i'll go through them anyways just to show you guys so let's start with causes so first of all it can be genetic passed down through your family it can be like psychological so it could just obviously it's all in your head anyways but it could be somebody telling you or like gaslighting you and letting you know that this is your flaw and you have to fix it and this is something you have to be hyper focused on and then that kind of triggers it so if you don't know what gaslighting is it's basically when somebody blames you for something that they did or like they're turning the tables on you which isn't the best definition so like let's say you were punching me during like recess in elementary school so i'd be like why are you punching me like why do you have to do that and then you're like no i didn't do that why do you why are you making me look like the bad guy and you're like turning the tables on me to make me feel bad which is what a lot of bullies and toxic people do so if that's something that you or somebody else is going through make sure that they get the help they need because it can be really really toxic anyways now i'm just sidetracking but yeah it can be psychological it can also be environmental based on like the context of psychological so the bullying and for risks, if you're a teenager, you're probably more likely to have it because you're more hyper-focused on yourself. And just, like, knowing all the other people around you seem perfect and the fact that you don't feel perfect yourself, that, that can kind of hit you. Another interesting thing is that it affects men and women equally. And if another family member has it, you're probably more likely to have it. The last major thing is what you've been through in your life. So, especially, like, the biggest thing, I keep coming down to this for this disorder, but for bullying. Like, if you've been through a lot of bullying compared to somebody who hasn't, you're probably more likely to get body dysmorphia once you grow up because it's just like you have that mentality that you're never going to be perfect because of this one thing. Turning over to symptoms, it looks a lot like OCD, which which is why that a lot of people think that it's more OCD than it is anything else. It'll be hyperfixation on one specific part of yourself, comparing yourself to others, wanting constant reassurance from others because you believe that you're ugly because of that one small thing. And then like other things like avoiding social events because you can't fix the flaw. Another thing can be avoiding social events or behaviors to try to fix that so-called flaw, which please note that every time I say the word flaw, it's in quotation marks. I know you guys can't see that, but that is what I'm doing. So like maybe for fixation behaviors, maybe you're like picking at your skin to make it look perfect, or you want to get plastic surgery, or you're layering a lot of makeup, or like even going as far as just like not going out because you're like, nobody is allowed to see me like this next up is how it's diagnosed so first of all obviously you're going to a healthcare professional you're not trying to diagnose yourself over what i'm saying over this podcast or googling yourself you want to go to a proper healthcare professional to make sure that not only are you getting diagnosed right but you're actually getting the help that you need so once they do like a physical exam to see what it is because maybe your hyperfixation actually has a reason behind it that actually does lead to something bigger and to make sure that you can rule that out that it's just a hyperfixation they might refer you to a psychologist or a psychiatrist to evaluate how you're acting because of it and the causes that it might have stemmed from 
again, it's like usually underdiagnosed because of ego reasons. So especially like if you're a teenager, you don't really want to admit that you have a problem with this specific thing. So you'll just kind of brush it off. You don't want to admit that you have the problem. And so you're like, no, I'm fine. It's fine. Like everything's fine. And then, like, the other thing is that, like, doctors will often diagnose it as OCD because they don't realize that it's not just a hyperfixation. It's also just, like, about your body and the way you're thinking about it. So doctors will also take a look and take into consideration your age, how bad the problem seems, family history, and, like, your personal history to see, like, if there's something new going on. And then your tolerance to specific medications and your opinions and preferences. Just because if you're uncomfortable, it's going to get worse. Now, you might be thinking, okay, Hannah, I'm matching up with a lot of these symptoms. I definitely agree with them, but I don't think it's this extreme. How can I prevent it? So prevention, honestly, since there's no exact reason of cause that's like forcing you to think this way, it's just like a bunch of little factors. Finding it out early and starting the treatments that I'm going to be mentioning earlier really help. And honestly, they're not treatments just specifically for body dysmorphia. So you can always do this even if you don't think you have it or you might have it. Just like control your thoughts because it can always help. For treatments, the first one that I've mentioned in nearly all of my episodes is talk therapy or cognitive behavioral therapy. And this one basically, like I've mentioned before, replaces all the negative thoughts in your head with positive ones to try to change your way of thinking into a positive, more brighter way. The next one is medication, so antidepressants. It might help you stop thinking about it. But like, again, I don't like to talk about medications. I always want to mention that it is an option, especially if you're on the extreme side. But I would say if you can, try everything else on this list before you go for the medication. The next thing is exposure response therapy. So it's just slowly start getting comfortable with your quote-unquote flaws. We're like, okay, like, I have acne, but it's okay. A bunch of other people do too. It's fine. Nobody is focusing on that. Nobody is judging me for it. And it's like slowly realizing that it's fine and it's a normal thing will help you start to feel better about it. And I think a lot of this stems from the media too, especially because in the media when you're posing for like a cover shoot, you're not just putting that photo onto the cover. You're going through multiple stages of editing, making sure your pores are perfectly blurry, there's no acne or blemishes, and like your body is perfectly stitched. And so the fact that like the media does that really heavily affects everybody, I think, even if you don't realize it. You think like, I'm not supermodel pretty yet. Or, like, I'm never going to be. And so just, like, limiting that, too, will really, really help. Note that, like, it usually doesn't happen, but if it does and it gets, like, really, really severe, then it can get as bad as you going to the hospital and, like, staying hospitalized until you start to feel better. Just because then there's that danger of maybe you wanting to cut off a certain part of your body because, like, you really, really hate it and it could be, like, very, very severe and scary. At home coping, just like stick to the plan of going to therapy, whatever your doctor is set up for you. So just like make sure like, let's say it's like once a week, you're actually going in once a week. You're putting that 101% effort into it. You're learning more about the disorder. So like paying attention to what I've said in this episode or looking at other YouTube videos of actual psychologists talking about the mental illness. Pay attention to the things that'll trigger you because sometimes you'll be fine until you see that certain thing and it'll automatically trigger you. So that could be just like 
for example, again, the media, if you're fine with a little bit of acne that you have, but then you look at a magazine cover and all of a sudden their face is just perfect and you're like, how can I be that perfect? And all of a sudden you're triggered. You're like, I'm never going to be good enough and I need to get rid of this. I need to fix it immediately. And it can get worrisome and that hyperfixation starts to kick in. The next one, again, with all of the mental illnesses, you want to avoid alcohol abuse because that'll trigger you into a rabbit hole that you really don't want to get down into. And then other simple things like staying active, going outside, getting fresh air, writing in a journal, and don't isolate yourself. I think that was like the biggest thing because if you if you're scared that people will judge you because of something on you, even if it's not really a huge thing but you think it is, and you're isolating yourself for it, you're gonna have trouble later on because you won't be able to bring yourself back in the way that you used to, and it'll be a worse struggle in the long run. Last thing I want to note before this episode is over is that plastic surgery usually doesn't help. You would think like, oh, if I get a little bit of plastic surgery and I like fix that bump in my nose, I'll be like totally fine. But usually you'll go back, you'll get that plastic surgery. First of all, you'll be like out of all of this money. Second of all, you'll be like, oh, they didn't do it perfectly. So now I still feel like there's something wrong with me. And then it might even get worse because you're like, oh no, now it just looks even worse because it wasn't done perfectly. And on that note, I think that just about wraps up the episode. So we talked about the definition, the difference between eating disorders and body dysmorphia, risks, causes, symptoms, how it's diagnosed, how you can treat it, things to keep in mind, and I hope you guys learned something new as usual. I definitely did. As always, the research is linked down below in the description with along with the link to my website, so if you haven't already, go check it out. Also, if you look in the store section, my second product is now out. It's I Have a Question Notebook, which was inspired by my best friend, Sajel, so a little bit of credit kind of goes to her because I've traumatized her, and so now you guys can all traumatize your best friend. On the other hand, actually, you won't be traumatizing them because instead of telling them, you'll be writing it all down. Like, yeah please order the notebook and just like put all of your focuses onto that notebook all of your extreme thoughts ideas any hyper focus anything you want to like super focus on i think this notebook is the perfect place to put it it's a nice sleek modern looking notebook just like it's mostly black it has red text on it and then like goldish lines to make it like super duper pretty so just go check it out and order it and let me know if you do because as i mentioned a couple episodes ago i'm actually going to be donating a huge portion of the money towards the Canadian Mental Health Association so your money will be going into a really good spot wherever it's actually needed so everybody can get the help they need. Don't forget to answer the question of the episode which was advice to your younger self also the highlight and low light of your week and I think that's about it for today so don't forget to share, subscribe, and rate five stars only. Pretty pleased with a cherry on top. Bye everyone! <laughs>